Hello, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Kate, the producer of Pod Rocket. With me hosting today is Noel. Hello, Noel. How's it going? Good, good. How are you, Kate? Good. Thanks for joining us. And our guest today is Shatij Gupta with, uh, or excuse me, Shatij Gupta, CEO and co-founder at 100MS. Hello. How are you doing? Hey, folks. Hey, Kate. Hey, Noel. Thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, so if you can just get started telling us a little bit about uh, what is 100MS and, uh, and uh, your work that you've been doing on it. Absolutely. So a uh, little bit about myself also, because kind of uh, 100MS is uh, something which we started as a co-founder. I started as a co-founder. So, I mean, before starting 100MS, I used to work for Disney Plus Hotstar as a video engineer. Uh, my job was to keep video working for Disney Plus Hotstar. And before that, I used to work for Facebook. And my job was there to kind of build infrastructure for Facebook Live. So I've been working with Video Intra for, for quite a long time. And uh, when we started 100MS, the sole objective was 100, for 100MS was to kind of provide the same infrastructure which big companies have internally. but like startups or other developers who are not video developers, they kind of struggle to get that kind of infrastructure. So our sole aim is to kind of democratize access to those kind of APIs so that everybody, every developer in the world should be able to make video applications uh, like pretty fast. Nice, nice, very cool. So I mean, maybe just to, just to, to help listeners understand a little bit better, what like, what is 100MS offering to a developer? Like, well, who would the typical customer be? So anybody who wants to embed uh, video, uh, and we have started with video conferencing um, uh, as a piece, uh, but in general, we want to kind of encourage anything in the video. So if I take any, any developer who want to uh, build a video conferencing inside their own application, like we're doing right now in the, in the, in the studio, right? Similarly, if any, so let's say take, for example, an edtech company who is uh, doing online education. So they want a video interface for their student and teacher or take, for example, a telemedicine app uh, or a dating app, right? All of these applications need a embedded video experience inside their app. Um, right now, what they're doing, a lot of them is do are doing is they are giving out links inside their application to go to a Zoom or a Google Meet. But that, that kind of like the moment you leave the app, you have lost your user, right? Um, and these companies want to embed it inside their application. That is what we are offering as a service. Nice, nice, very cool. Yeah, yeah. That, my next question was going to be like, you know, I, I feel like the typical pattern is people send out Zoom links. Is there, is there, um, like, are, are there other cool features that 100MS offers that I guess empowers developers to like make that video experience more rich, more like featureful? So, Noel, maybe I can uh, come to features, I think, but I'll, uh, the, the typical journey of a developer is that like Google Meet and Zoom has worked really, really hard to make video work, right? So all of, all of the, 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 the problem with video is like video is a magical thing which works and a lot of us don't know how it works basically, right? And the, the problem is that the moment you start developing over it, the first roadblock you hit is the video quality problem. Like you were saying right now that video will freeze in between. It's okay, right? <laughs> right. So, so, so what happens is the, the, the features usually are at a kind of a second level thing. The first level thing is make my video work with high reliability. 
I think that that is the first step. And if you kind of try to do it yourself, it's easily six months figuring out what kind of settings should I be using for the bitrate for the video, right? It's 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 okay. What does the corollary I can give? Something similar to a payment gateway, Noel, right? Like payment gateways sound trivial, but when you say okay, forex conversion, split payments, and whatnot, right? All of these things make it super complicated. Everybody wants payment, but very few companies in the world build payment. It is similar to that uh, instead of the features. Um, having said that, the other features which we typically see uh, are recording. So, like one of the things you are also doing is recording, and I, I think Kate is doing a local recording. But a lot of customers says, "I want a cloud recording." So, let's say somehow Kate's machine gets disconnected, it should. The, the recording should still be preserved, right? The other thing which people request for is, let's say, let's say three of us are talking right now, right? Can this be broadcasted live to a YouTube or a uh, Facebook, right? That's, those are the other features, right? And beyond that, it is mo a lot about interactivity. So a student in a classroom teacher will say, can we have a whiteboard? Uh, a doctor and a patient might say, I want to uh, embed my IoT device which is measuring the temperature. Can you do that somehow, right? So it's it's more about that every vertical, you need to have that integration uh, for that vertical. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's kind of what I was getting at more with my question was like those those in integrations that are vertical specific, like like ways um, the, that, that kind of close connection with other features of the app is often lost when you have to like click out into a Zoom link or, you know, go to a Hangouts call or something like that. Um, yeah, so it's super cool. I was looking at the hundred MS kind of program, like the APIs and how, how you can use how you can use them before I jumped on, and it, it did seem pretty intuitive. It it kind of uh, back to your point made me feel how I felt the first time I was like going through Stripe's APIs, and it was like I understand the elegance here. This is an exercise in like edge case handling that I don't want to have to figure out all of all of this myself. Um, yeah, so that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you touched upon something interesting there, which was. Um, how how you know how much work it would be to do this like in house for for these teams that are trying to do it um, on like I, I understand the appeal of that for for something like payments processing it is hard to build all of that logic in house right but for something like video it it seems slightly different in pay, than payments processing because I feel like video and broadcasting and sharing is like more of a technical problem where payments processing is, but it's also like a legal and more of a business problem that's hard to overcome. So the, the value prop is evident there. Um, but we see these other technologies like, um, you know, WebRTC and then like things built on WebRTC, uh, like PeerJS. Um, there's, there's a couple others in that space that are trying to make that easier for devs to kind of spin up themselves. Do you think that there are shortcomings of the, that kind of new wave of peer-to-peer -peer video that are still going to like pose challenges for devs trying to stand that up in-house? It actually depends on uh, use case to use case novel, right? So if, mm -hmm. if only two people are talking to each other, uh, PRGS is great. Right, it, it works pretty pretty good. Although there was there was uh, right, so I mean, although there are some 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 uh, kind of still problems if you want to record and all that, right? Um, typically, what we have seen is that things break when you want to scale up. So imagine imagine a ten people conference, right? In a ten people conference, what is happening is you are maintaining 
connection with nine other people everybody is maintaining connection with nine other people right so 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 that means you are uploading your video nine times over those peer connections right and that's that does not scale well right it basically consumes a lot of uh, networking usage it consumes a lot of uh, cpu right so typically what we have seen is when you have to optimize these things that means you have to push things on the server side right and the moment you go on the server side that is when it becomes start becoming more and more complex <laughs> yeah yeah totally i guess that, that probably leads to another good question of is is 100 ms better suited i guess i in in my head i kind of categorize like video technology into two camps it's like you know small groups where everyone's talking to everyone like one to 10 people and then like more of a broadcast setting like for conferences conference talks and stuff like that is 100 ms better suited for one of those or does it handle both pretty well yeah so thank you for asking that question noel right um so so let me like just rephrase that question right so you're saying what what use cases 100 ms is best used for is it more for broadcasting or is it more for the for the conferencing and so noel there is a slightly nuanced answer here right so what we have figured out is the size of the room depends on your use case so i'll give you some examples so the use and i'll take only one example and keep extending it let's take the edtech example the simplest use case is a teacher talking to student one on one then the next example comes is a teacher talking to 10 students right the moment it goes beyond 10 or even let's say 50 students uh, what happens is then it kind of becomes one way or a webinar kind of style of conferencing right even beyond that so let's say the these edtech companies sometimes they try to get a star teacher to build their top of the funnel uh, uh, product right like where they're trying to do a free session with a star teacher and want to broadcast it to like 100000 people right so typically what we have seen is a lot of companies start want to start with this small use case but it ends up becoming bigger and bigger and bigger bigger right webrtc starts breaking after a certain limit so if you go beyond th- beyond 1000 so that's why uh, zoom does not allow beyond 1000 people right right uh, so what we have done is we have actually merged the streaming and conferencing together and we are we are now allowing developers uh, to to basically kind of move from streaming to uh, being on stage uh, seamlessly via apis again there is a latency difference so on the when you are streaming there is a latency of 10 seconds while when you are brought, uh, talking to each other in real time the the latency is less than 1 second mm gotcha gotcha so is that is that i mean I'm not sure how how deep into the tech we can get here but is that is there is there a, a handoff that happens on your guys' site technically when you go from kind of these like smaller peer to peer esque groups to something more broadcast oriented to like does that does the the server become like the hub when when you hit some threshold or or does that happen right away there are, there are two uh, so we call it circles uh, noel right let me give yeah. you that concept of circles first the first sure. the first circle is what we are doing right now talking to each other mm-hmm. bidirectionally yeah <laughs> okay and this is this basically this breaks somewhere at the limit of 100 right 
that beyond 100 it becomes uh, super complex uh, to deal with then there is another circle which we call it as circle 2 imagine we are talking here and let's say 1000 more people want to or 10000 more people want to listen to us which is a clubhouse model if you think about it what happens in a clubhouse there is a stage right which is the circle 1 and then there is a circle circle 2 which is the listeners still listening in real time where they can raise hand and can move to a become, become a speaker at any at, the, at any given point so that's the circle 2 and then there is a circle 3 circle 3 means that this 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 setup or think of it as an auditorium right so auditorium has a stage auditorium has a certain people who are sitting in the auditorium and there is a circle 3 which is imagine people watching on their tvs which a higher latency right so this is this is the concept we have kind of now put it in the apis where the server is taking care of all the multiplexing uh, and sending streams to these people but we have left the what do you say the the business logic to the app and and apps are using it in very interesting ways so like we were talking to one of the event companies and they said you know what we have a concept of a front row ticket and a regular ticket if you're watching a show so hmm. the front row ticket is circle 2 and a regular ticket is circle 3 gotcha gotcha nice so so are are these circles something that a, like the dev the developer that's developing against 100ms has to think about or is this is this just kind of out of the box it is completely out of the box gotcha right gotcha. so the way you define is uh, we have we have something called a template where you go define these roles as templates so you you can you can say something called a stage a viewer and let's say an overflow room so stage st- stage is circle 1 viewer is circle 2 and a overflow room is the circle 3 and it's it's actually now in your terminology so when you when you join a room you can say i want to join as a stage person or i want to join as a viewer person hmm got it I guess you know, maybe maybe to, to help me paint a clearer picture and and for our listeners then. So is is there is there a UI layer which 100ms is providing or or, or am, I, am I getting like raw objects that I can then kind of put in my page however I want? I could like rename things and give it labels. Um there is no UI layer which 100ms provides. So UI okay, gotcha. UI UI is given as an example code, but mm-hmm. everything is abstracted in APIs and for web we have done a react store as well with hooks and all that stuff nice nice very cool so even even if i did end up using the terminology uh, for these circles that you gave me out of the box i could still like put whatever label on them i wanted Absolutely. in the ui and it wouldn't hurt anything got it yes. got it very cool cool so yeah that i mean that sounds like a very like a an, an intuitive kind of way to lay out um, the design of you know video conferences that scale from small groups to like giant broadcast thousand person events um did your did your background in history kind of lead you to this architecture or did it did, did you have that in mind when you started or did it come about over time so the background helped uh <laughs> because i knew of the streaming world at facebook we were doing the only the circle 3 gotcha right, right. at 100 yeah. when we started we were only doing circle 1 right but mm-hmm. as and when we spoke to these customers right uh, the customers are like can you can we do this can we do that and as of now i have to use two different sdks to do this let's say if i have to talk to each other i will have to use pair js or something else right but if i have to build a streaming out then i have to use something else right 
and handling these two SDKs is becoming making it more complicated. Uh, the the the, the it, it's it's big, it's not reliable uh, that way, right? That's where we heard our developers, and we said, okay, let's let's combine it together. Right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that that that's awesome. Was there? Um, let me think how how to, how to how to phrase this. Was there uh, like specific? problems that you guys encountered when designing the SDK and the APIs now to account like to to make it conducive to these like multiple circles like is it is it is it hard to design around that problem where you might have some clients who are like in a slightly longer latency and they're kind of acting as more of a just like a, a broadcasty versus someone who is you know like in the conversation a broadcast or in in circle one can you maybe substantiate with an example or something I yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just trying to think. If, if I'm, I'm a developer and I'm, I'm writing code to handle these cases. I, I would. Ex- I could foresee instances where I might care if a user is in Circle Three versus Circle One because, like, their user experience may be different. Is it? Is that something that's hard to design APIs around, or is it easy for me as a developer to determine which circle a user's in and you know make decisions accordingly for my app? That's what I uh, Noel, I said. Basically, what happens is we allow you to define something called roles. Mm, gotcha. Right. And as roles, so let's say, let's take the example of uh, stage or actually we can take the example of air, right? In, in, in here, we had something called a green room, right? Where you, where you first join the green room, right? Which, where you, you're getting prepped and whatnot. So let's say you have a green room. Uh, in a green room, you are still not, so let's take the roles, right? In this uh, tool, you have a green room, you have a stage. So maybe let's say whatever we are talking right now is a stage. There could be viewers or call them, let's say viewers in real time and then viewers on streaming. So let's say there are f- four roles, right? And we allow you to define these roles using APIs and as well as dashboard where you say in the green room, only people in green room will be able to see each other. The stage people will not be able to see the green room. Neither do the viewers. Right? When you are on stage, the green room will be able to see you because the green room wants to figure out that when is my entry time. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Cool. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what we say. So and so we, since we are allowing you to define your own roles, it's your business logic. You you already know which circle is what. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I don't, I don't, I functionally, I don't like as a developer need to, to care, care about the app, like dynamically switching people in and out of those roles as they do, or in and out of those circles as they do it. For me, it's just like, I can move users between roles. Everything else is handled like kind of elegantly behind the scenes. I wish we had a uh, screen share here and I would have shown you the demo. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. We'll do our best here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're painting a pretty good picture. Um, Cool. So I guess kind of from there, while we're while we're in the in the nuance of APIs here, maybe we could delve a little bit more into how like how integration actually works. If somebody wants to start, you know, trying to implement video video conferencing or video chat into their app, what what is the minimum I need to do to kind of get you know a simple web conference spun up in my web app? So it takes uh, I would say less than five minutes to build a video conference, right? So all you do is you sign up on an MS. Uh, either you, if if it's just a video conference, we have a pre-built template already available. So you choose that video template, 
and voila, I mean, in five minutes, you're, you're done, right? In case you have a slightly little complicated use case, like we said, the green room and the, and the viewers and whatnot, since we are allowing you to change that template, so the step is first you build that template. Like you define, so think of a Docker basically, right? So you're, you're defining your, uh, like, you, like you define the Docker, you, that I need a web server, I need uh, a database, right? Similarly, you basically configure your video application saying, I need XYZ roles. Do I need recording or not? Right? Do I need it to be streamed? Do I need to RTMP out to a YouTube or whatnot? Right? All of these things you define on a dashboard. So that's what we are calling a template. And once you have defined this, I would say 80 to 90% of your logic is already defined in the SDK. And now what is left for you is to design your UI. Gotcha. Right? And leave a large part of the implementation just to the SDK because think of it this way now, right? So let's say you have designed a green room, right? And the way green room is designed is on the, on the top right, uh, it shows the stage and yep. below it's basically all the people in the green room, they can also talk to each other, right? <laughs> so you design, design your UI and within that UI in the SDK, all you have to do is you instantiate the template and then you say, join as green room role. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Cool. And, and when you join as green room role, the SDK will give you all the callbacks. Okay. Within green room, you are supposed to these see these videos. So as a callback, we'll give you all those, all those, uh, video, uh, pointers as well as all the information that who are all the people, are they muted or not? All that information is given to you, uh, as callbacks or or the hooks basically. Got it. Got it. Are those, so yeah, if, if they're callbacks or hooks, are these all, are these all strictly like talking to a client site SDK? If I had server events that needed to happen when somebody clicked a button, is there a way that that call happens or does the, my client need to relay that back to my server? For the server events, we have something called web hooks. Gotcha. Sure. So gotcha. Any, anyway, yeah. So anything, anything you're interested to know on the server side, we can kind of send you webhooks uh, to the to your server side. Nice, nice. Okay, that's, that's an easy answer. I can handle those cases pretty elegantly. I think. Okay, the the last piece in that I need a, to get a, a, a full of to fully grasp this, I think, is is like the um, authentication piece. How how do how does how does one hundred MS know who is who when they like connect via the SDK? Thank you for asking that question. So it's it's really very simple. Once you have defined, actually, I missed that point. Once you define these roles, people will join the application first, right? They will be authenticating with their password or phone number or whatever, basically, right? Once they're authenticated, the host application knows this person is who. They already know whether this is a teacher or a student or green room or whatever role, right? you basically create a JWT token, put that role inside that and 200 MS, you're passing that JWT token. So the role is embedded inside the JWT token. SDK now knows that which role are you and it's, it's a, it's a JWT token. So we know people cannot tamper it with basically the JWT token token is created by the, by the customer server. Got it. Got it. So I created I create a JWT. I put the role information in there, pass to the client. Client passes it up to 100 mess server. Correct. 
you guys know who is who. Is there any additional um, info in that in that JWT that I can send? Like, is all configuration done via that JWT, or is there a, like additional info that's just sent? You know, like as part of the payload, the body. There is one more thing you can send in the JWT. You can send your own user ID. Got it. So whenever whenever we call webhooks, right, or whenever let's say on your other interface you might have something called your avatar, let's say, right, right. So you need to look up look up in your own database, uh, and since hundred ms is the one who is transferring this information of the role and the ID to you, we have two IDs. One is a hundred ms ID, and one is the mm-hmm. application ID, which is also given in the JWT. Gotcha. So yeah, I guess okay. So the the use case now that I'm thinking of is that, say we have like avatars, right, for each user, and they can set their own avatar up. If I if I want to display those avatars to users when 100ms connects them as a as a peer, do, do am I able to do that on the client with just the data that 100ms is providing me, or do I need to then on each client use the like ID of my peer that 100ms just gave me and go back to my server to figure out what that avatar should be? Both ways are possible, Noel. Gotcha. So, okay. So 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 we have a mechanism called a peer metadata, uh, cool. and what you do is. When I join, at that time, I will fetch the JWT token as well as any other information you want to put. Could be your avatar or whatever information, right? All that information, if you give it to us along with the JWT token, we set it as a metadata on your peer. And whenever that peer joins, all that information is available to all the other people in the call. That is one method. Other method is you just give us the ID, and on the ID, you look up in your own database. But most people actually are preferring the peer version because peer version is only one fetch. Gives a call. Yeah. <laughs> it saves multiple calls because otherwise, mm-hmm. if there are 100 people in the call, there will be 99 calls per user. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Um, cool. Well, thank, thank you for going down like way into the weeds there a little bit with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got. Got pretty low there. Um, yeah, let's let's come out a little bit. Um, I feel like my first introduction to 100 ms 100 ms was like a couple months ago, probably at this point, when uh, one of my coworkers sent me a link to your guys's like Versal template that was going out for like hosting a conference. Can you talk a little bit about that, uh, like what that is as a product and your story to getting it built? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, so this actually idea, uh, and, and I must thank Versal for giving us continued support on that. I think actually they only encouraged us uh, to to build that. So what happened is I was looking at the Versal templates, and they had these uh, two three uh, uh, templates which were like at the at the top, right? Like one was e-commerce, and one of them was the events template. Uh, but the events template was only a like if you click and deploy it, it's actually a YouTube uh, video which plays. And uh, so we, we, we spoke to Versal team and we were like, can we extend it, right? How about we extend it to actually make it a, uh, make it like a hop-in clone, right? And, and that's how that discussion started. We, 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 we got a few kind of open source contributors also kind of being excited about that. And that, that's, that, that's that whole journey uh, which got started. And it is actually pretty exciting to us because now we are thinking that this is a good GTM strategy because uh, as you can as you can understand that to make make people understand or developers understand what is possible, the best way is examples. Mm. And templates yeah. are great examples. 
and if mm-hmm. templates can be production ready then yeah i mean you start with the template and modify it modify it to your heart basically nice yeah very cool very cool is there like what um what did that what did that collaboration look like you t- you touched on it a little bit when you you, you reach out to versa like hey can we can we make this a little more feature rich and enhance it once once you you know gotten the answer there was it um, like pretty easy to work with them. Did you guys just kind of make pull requests and they give you feedback and you merge them, or, or what did that what did that experience look like? It, it was pretty amazing. I mean, uh, so so they 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 basically said you own this repository now. Go extend it, basically. <laughs> so there was there was another uh, another company which was already there. It was uh, I think Data CMS, one of the CMS uh, companies. Um, so so the, so basically, Versal folks said, okay, go figure it out out basically first. Give us a design. Let's first work on a design. Agree on a design. So we kind of worked on a design first. Uh, we all of us agreed on a design. We we spoke to the data CMS team also that okay, if we are changing these interfaces, how how would you? Because in the interface now in the CMS we had to have a flag whether it's a YouTube uh, screen because there are multiple stages: stage one, stage two, stage three. And we said okay, let's have the configurability that one of the stages can be made a real time stage. Another stage could still remain a YouTube stage, right? So, so we had to kind of talk to the data CMS guys to how to do that and all that stuff. Once we kind of finalized the design as well as the interfaces, it was development that was pretty quick because our team developing it on 100 MS. <laughs> so that that was that was pretty quick. I think the longest time which took was uh, Versal team has a extremely sharp eye on details. Mm, yeah. Right. And we like we are very thankful for that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Can we change this a little bit?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." We keep doing that, uh, but I mean, that that was the longest part, by the way, to to finish it to that perfection level. Yeah, nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that this tail end of that was was a little bit nuanced, but I'm I, I guess I'm glad I'm glad you guys were able to like, you know, in, integrate with. That platform and provide, I guess, provide an example in that context. So, like, a dev can go and like click a button and get a whole app spun up. Um, that's a it's a pretty cool feat. Um, what were there any other specific challenges you guys faced beyond that kind of that last little you know integration push, getting the code all approved and stuff? Not at all. Not at all. Versal is nice. like a great platform. We use it all the time. Uh, yeah, nice. I can't really picture a better time than the last two years to be creating a video, <laughs> a tool for video software. Um, I'm curious, kind of, you know, the the journey in the last two years with you know COVID and um, you know also your plans for building out uh, the company in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so the, interestingly, the company started like bang in the middle of COVID. Uh, we started October 2020. I mean, it was like crazy. Everybody was working from home. So we started from home. In fact, right even right now, we don't have an office. So I mean, uh, 100MS is our office. We, we all work on 100MS. We don't use anything else. We don't use Zoom or Google Meet, only 100MS. And that, in fact, has been really great because, I mean, we have been able to dog food our product all day, all night. And uh, we've been able to iron out bugs and whatnot, everything, right? So So... That's that part. I mean, it took us long time to build the product, like almost like one year, just to build the product. Uh, it's a complex product, right? Uh, I think beyond that, we had a product hunt launch. We saw a good response. When developers were like pretty excited that it's a, it's it's powerful as well as flexible. So this was the res- response we got 
that because a lot of times a uh, lot of other sdks they give you a powerful abstraction but it is not flexible like it's it's a pre built kind of experience and when they saw that ui is totally in their control uh, but it is still as powerful as other sdks uh, the response was amazing so now right now we are working with like almost like 100 plus companies where we are integrating with them uh, a lot of them are already live so i would say good good traction with the with the developer community uh, now we are uh, kind of uh, trying to set up our enterprise motion also uh, the, the enterprise motion is slightly different as you guys also lotrocket also must have gone through that it's it's slightly different journey so now we are kind of working on that part where we are hiring our gtm teams we are hiring our sales teams uh, so that's that's how it is progressing here Awesome. And uh, we'll include the links to uh, your pages for hiring in our show notes. Um, is there anything that else you would like to point our listeners to or that they should go check out? Like the the only thing I would love is from the listeners is, is feedback. I mean, we, we, uh, we thrive on developer feedback. Uh, everything we have done so far, uh, designing our APIs, designing all of these interfaces is, is by listening to our customer. And, and we just love listening to um developers what they want to build uh and and also when they built it uh what kind of issues they had what they did, didn't what they liked and not liked uh so that that'll be my uh, biggest request try it and uh we'd love your feedback awesome yeah we'll include uh the link to the website in our show notes and uh thank you so much for coming on and we will see you around thank you kate thank you noel Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.